Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me is, as usual, my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Good evening, everyone. And with us on the line, still nursing facial wounds, is our Florida connection, Phil Jakes. Where are you? And I'm so sorry. Where'd you find this recording of me? <laughs> oh, it finally ended. Okay. It was literally Tom. and That's he it? Said, yeah, Come that's on. it. He just parodied himself. It was kind of funny. So hello to our... <laughs> YouTube audience over at youtube.com slash Sid's View. Uh, I'm sure that you were enjoying all of these parodies because we kept getting kicked off or no, demonetized because we were playing copyrighted music. So we just started playing covers of Phil's song. Feel free to uh, forward Phil that song at any given moment that you can find him. You'll have... <laughs> at his, at his, at his contact information at the end of the show. Yeah, you got to listen to the whole show to get the contact info. See, that's or how we bait them in. fast forward it because it's digital. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't tell them it's at the end. They're just going to skip everything. Yeah, you can just hit the little I mean, slider on your phone and go like this or on your YouTube. Yeah, They're probably doing themselves a benefit by skipping everything we have to say. Perfect. At least I get the listens. That's what I That's say. all I care about. Listens and views. I don't care if you actually do. Yep. Right, so we usually start our episodes off with personal updates. Anybody else want to go first? Because I could go for hours. I ordered parts. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> a bracket and a sway bar. Great. So you got the rear end bracket coming? Yeah, I got the rear end bracket coming. Now that I can actually do something, I should be able to get that in and get the new sway bar in and get the car on the ground. It'll be ready to race. There's nothing really to do to it. Except heal your face. Eh, make, <laughs> make sure my blood will stop. Oh, you mean stay That's, in? Yeah, the yes, blood's supposed to stay, stay in. inside my body this time. No more, no more of that. Yeah, it's supposed to stay in. Not okay. It's anyway. supposed to coagulate. Ooh, big words. That's the word of the day. Coagulate. I don't know. We might, we might get into something much worse later on. But for now, personal update. So Phil ordered parts in his car. I have had an absolute adventure, and it hasn't <laughs> stopped yet. <laughs> <laughs> this train. Is still uh, in the station at this point because uh, we're still it's loading. derailed. There's a dumpster fire involved. Something flew in the side of a mountain. There's a donkey. I don't know where he yeah. came from. All all sorts of cliches. Yeah, are abused here. Oh, it's just a disaster all over. So, I have been filming YouTube uh, videos for this for my YouTube channel over at uh, YouTube.com/slash. Brent Gleason, I know, real original, I used my name, but it's easier to find. So, I did one last week, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it, and I haven't stopped working since. And I have been, I don't know if I've ever used a measuring tape or levels or straight edges more in my entire life than right now. Because, I, I swear to God, I've measured this 50,000 times. I've worked for almost six to eight hours a night every night after I come home from work. And I did some today as well. But I, if you watch my videos, I literally cut every single bracket off the rear end of my car because it wasn't straight. I found 
lower trailing arms that were bent. I found all sorts of problems with the rear of the car. The front of the car checked out just fine. The center of the car did too. But the rear end is not in the car straight. So I had to buy parts for that. I'm currently uh, at the point where I have actually gotten it welded together. It's back in one piece, but I let it cool because I don't want to put rubber bushings in really hot metal and melt them. That would be really bad, so I'm letting it sit. I'll be working on it again tomorrow. We don't race again until June, I think, 15th, and maybe, just maybe, I'll have a race car that goes down the track uh, in a straight line. That'll be great. And comes off the corner? I would like it to come off the corner more than anything else. So let's see if that actually happens. You, you can manhandle it to go straight down the straightaway, but uh, coming off the corner is a different story. Yeah, it didn't want to do that at all. And there, I don't. I'm at the point where this is an abusive relationship. I just keep thinking they're going to change, and it just never does. And now I can't trust that anything that I too. Uh, do to touch my race car is actually going to change what's wrong with it. I'm at the point where it's like uh, I can't remember what that's It's yeah I'll just call it an abusive relationship because that's just basically what it is dropping stuff all over the floor here anyway so that's a nightmare that I don't recommend doing uh, but I am I think finally getting ahead of it so that's a positive thing and I'm glad that that's finally coming to the end hopefully I don't want any more problems to spring up out of absolute nowhere. So, Jess, what's going on with you? <laughs> uh, I'm just <laughs> living day by day trying to figure out ways how to make my uh, pending death look like an accident so that Roger can get all the insurance money and maybe go to college. Okay. And now, <laughs> so moving on, we're going to the <laughs> dark. <laughs> he must have watched an F1 race or something. The, the, there wasn't one, the- I don't think. No, the the historic Monza F one event was going on this weekend, so you must oh, have did drawn you, into that. Did you see Charles Leclerc crash um, that Nicky Lauda's Nicky Lauda's nineteen yeah the nineteen seventy four Ferrari? <laughs> Whoops! When he Whoa. when he backed into the when he backed it into the wall, you could see his head drop like shit. He's like, oh, that's embarrassing, and he said that on Twitter. He's like, I'm so embarrassed. But I guess the brakes went out. He said, yeah, Oof. give him a little bit of a you know. Give him a little break. I mean, the guy was driving something. No pun intended. Well, yeah, give him a break, literally, to be honest. But, you know, give him a little bit. One, If there's a car problem, I mean, at least all he did was ruin the rear wing. You can rebuild that. Although it is, he is a racer, and racers make excuses. So, Well, yeah, he might have just downshifted a little too quickly and shattered the rear tires or something and yeah. put it in the well, wall. Well, it's easy but... excuse with it's a 50-year-old car, whatever it yeah. is. You know? A 50-year-old car that you've never driven before in your life. Come on, son. Drive something you can actually die in. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, it's good for you. Remember the filthy Sanchez. Oh, boy. All right. So <laughs> that's gross. We, I'm going to try to keep this as the second segment of the show unless I really find it pertinent because, Jesse, you got to cue the music because I think it's time for this week's Darf Comment of the Week. I don't know if it's really as good as we've had lately, but it's still worthy of becoming a Darf Comment of the Week. You can't outdo yourself every week. You I know? really can't, I mean, and I can't do... I don't do th- think anything's ever going to top that one. Oh, the, the, the one last week that's up for an award... Oh, that one's... Yeah. Uh, That's a tough one to beat. That is tough know, to so. beat. Yeah. So we were having a discussion, like, what, last week, if we were 
or if racing fans were the dumbest or something like that, or the worst fans, or I don't know. Pretty damn bad. Yeah. Well, no. This guy doesn't help. <laughs> he doesn't help at all. All right. So this was. This comes from a tweet. This Darf comment of the week comes from a tweet, which I find most of the Darf comments on Twitter, but Phil ha- finds about the other half of them, I think. Yeah, I was going to say it's about 50 50. <laughs> it's lately. about 50 50. So, yeah, he's been feeding me good ones lately, so I'm just going with them. This one comes from a Twitter user who's actually verified, surprisingly. I don't know how. Paid for the blue jet market. Costs money. Does it? Because I tried that, and they're like, you don't have enough followers. And I'm like, well, I don't care. You're not part of the cool kids club. <laughs> You're not a... Uh, forget it. We're leaving don't that off the show. Don't have enough bots. We're not leaving that off. We're leaving that off the show. Uh, this is from a Twitter user, and I believe he's an author, called Nick Adams. At Nick Adams in USA is his Twitter handle. And we said that we weren't going to go with this subject matter anymore because it was just too easy to find DARFs. But after last, the well, I'll say yesterday's cup race at Kansas, we had to pick it. We had to break our own rules and go with it. Okay. So this guy, Nick Adams, says in one tweet, quote, Bubba Wallace is a terrible, all caps, NASCAR driver. He has no business in the big leagues. This is after Bubba Wallace came from the back three different times for penalties that were not his. Actually, you know what? The reason why I picked this was because of the reply, and I think that deals with exactly what I'm saying. He got a reply from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio's official handle. That is also yeah. verified. Well, I think we know who that is, though. It's Dave Moody. We all know oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Um, it says, Bubba Wallace came from the back twice. Do- I said three times, so I guess it was twice. Due to penalties, not his fault. To beat 26 other drivers today, including this year's Daytona 500 winner. Let's be fair. He's a rookie. That's not hard to do. Um, four And four former NASCAR Cup Series champions. Apparently, Bubba Wallace finished 10th, which is really not a bad run. If you finish top 10, that's a decent day. No, especially considering the bad luck those teams have been having lately. I yeah, mean, and I've been, How many times have they been taken out together? Yeah, uh, at least three or four times now. Uh, so I was actually watching him as I was watching the race here and there, and I'd see him down a specific amount, and then like 15th, and then I'd see him truck through the field, and at one point I saw him up to at least 5th, and then I think uh, yep. caution or stage ended. But he did it a few times coming through the field, just absolutely motoring. And uh, so this this quote finishes with, only nine drivers finished ahead of him. This was the sealer for me. His finish was better than your take. Okay, I got to give him credit. That was a good one. That's a good response. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And it's true. I mean, what a... Uh, it's just too easy, isn't it? It's just too easy. Because it's, you know, you make a, a comment like this, and you're like, he has no business being there, but he just finished top 10 and beat, like, a whole bunch of guys all day. He probably passed the most cars of anybody all day. I know, but it, it, the comment, it has nothing to do about his driving. We all know why why he gets comments, because he's controversial. So, yeah, I mean, I don't... So that's what it really boils down to, all that that kind of stuff. It's kind of a weak the comment. The problem is, is there's... Kind of honest with you. There's no argument and no substance, so why bother posting it? You're just shit posting, and not very well either. It's just really bad shit posting. It's like, I want my shit posting to have substance and to be genuine, and this is just trash. 
Yeah, I wanted to like name someone's mom or something, you know. <laughs> I Get the see, family involved. Yeah, I want to see some I want actual some, I want posting. Some detail. This is like amateur level shit posting. So anyway, um, it's just a dumb take. I mean, it's it's just too easy for us. This is why we don't pick them, you know. But it does kind of go along with our idea. It's like our NASCAR fans, the, the worst fans, are the dumbest fans, and it's like, guy, you're not helping us. Besides, I probably, I, I doubt he's even a fan because if he was actually paying attention, he would have noticed that he finished top ten. So anyway, Mister Nick Adams, um, at Nick Adams in USA. You are our winner of our DARF comment of the week this week. Congratulations, and of God, may God have mercy on your soul, I guess. I don't know. No. This no guy. Thanks. <laughs> this guy. Repent, I, sinner. I looked at his Twitter bio, and he says he's Australian by birth, American by choice, or something like that, or living in America, or something like that. And I'm like, okay. And he says, President Trump promoted my book. I'm like, so what? Yeah, good for you. <laughs> Good for you, pal. <laughs> That's a big deal when an American president does promote a book. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I don't care what president it is, you know? Only dorks read yeah, books. But... <laughs> or, or people that can actually read. Oh. Great job promoting the uh, stereotype that race, race, race fans are, you know, not, no. not into being smart. I should burn my college degree in front of my YouTube audience. Moving on. <laughs> Great. We're off to a wonderful start. All right, so I have good news, by the way. Good news, everyone. Daniel Dye was reinstated by the ARCA series after his battery charge was reduced from a felony to a misdemeanor. He is still a dick puncher, though. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't even know what to say about it. (laughs) He, He... Dances provocatively in front of another man's face, and when the kid pushes him away, he punched him in the dick. He had anywhere else he could have done something, but he's the one being a jerk and then punches a kid in the... Oh, they were just playing around. It's like, no, this kid's an asshole bully. Here's my (laughs) biggest thing. A lot of people down here are defending him, and I get it. He's a local racer. Screw him. Uh, He raced around all the tracks and stuff, but... If you're going to race at a professional level, you have to be a professional. That's not professional. <laughs> you can't do that shit. Yeah, um, we all know what you did there, kid. And your reputation is essentially irreparable from here on out. You punched I, someone in the dick. I just hope he learned his lesson from it. Because he came that damn close to losing his entire career. And NASCAR does not screw around with felonies. What does Arca do? <laughs> I know, I know. Just go it's with it. NASCAR. What happened? Since we're talking about the Arca race, nice. Did, did you see the drama on Twitter between Drew Dollar and Billy Venturini today? Oh my God! You've actually <laughs> walked us right into our quote of the week. Do we have any freaking sound for that? I, I was going to say that's Darf <laughs> two point well, Billy Venturini has to win for the quote of the week. But oh, yeah. Drew Dollar has to... I don't know if that really fits. Is that... Paying the cost to be the boss. Drew oh, Dollar's that works. Yeah, can Dollar. you turn it down just a hair, though? I can talk over it if you do that. I can't stop him from playing BB King. That's not going to happen here, folks. I'm sorry, but... A little more. Anyway, um... 
So this is our quote of the week. And I don't know if we've had too many of these. All right. So they this one. Jamming. I know. That's, they kind of stopped it a little quick, so we had to roll out of it. But this week, I know we don't usually do the quote of the week, but this was gold. We have to do it. It might even be an award. Uh, goes to Billy Venturini, car, uh, actually multiple team owner in the Arca series, after Drew Dollar got into his driver, Corey Heim, and wrecked him out of the Kansas race. This, I believe it was Friday. Corey Heim, who is also another KBM no, driver. It was Saturday. Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he's running trucks for... He's in the 51 truck at Kansas, wasn't he? Yeah, essentially through the through the way things will work there because it's the same team. He's a They're Toyota development teammates. driver. Oh, he's a TRD driver. Got it. All right, so that makes sense. Yeah. All right, I will give you all his actual quote. We should have him say it, but I'll just... I'll spit it out here the sound bites perfect the sound bites brilliant but i'll go through it just so people understand what he's saying he said i know how david gilliland feels like drew wrecks all your shit when he's driving for you and he wrecks it all when he's racing against you so i can understand why he punched him in the eye over and then it's kind of it fades out but i heard i think he said a personal or personal reason last year just typical bonehead move by drew hell he's killed a couple of my cars here now he's killed one when he wasn't even driving for me. Just look at it. Pure <laughs> lack of talent. Great kid. Does not need to be a race car driver. He's got a lot of other things going for him and he could probably do or that he could probably do to make a good living. <laughs> Sad thing it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. So okay, fast forward from it's Saturday. A pretty savage quote. I mean, oh, it was it's a good it, it was right Drew, on cue, too. It goes it right to right the after, core. It, was, it goes right to the core of someone's soul. You know? It was the most honest oh, yeah. quote because yeah. it was direct. They haven't even dragged the carcass into the garage yet, and he was given that quote. You know? They I mean, got his quote right away. <laughs> That's the kind of quote that could maybe kill his career. If, if uh, enough uh, T-owners respect that quote. Well, we'll get to that. You know? So, okay. <laughs> Why don't we get into that? Because All right. Mr. Drew Dollar eventually responded today, two days later as of recording. And he said on Twitter of all places, because he's obviously, uh, by posting Billy Venturini's Arcastats. He also said, talk about a, quote, lack of talent, unquote. Guess it took this guy about 14 years to figure out he didn't need to be a race car driver. Listen to me, child. <laughs> you absolute child. That man raced in Arca from 1994 to 2007. When Arca was still a thing. This was back yeah. when an actual race car drivers ran in the Arca series. And they had three times as many cars as they do now. Billy got one win in 161 starts in that 14-year period. But he also only ran four full-time seasons. What were his points finishes in those four full-time seasons? I didn't look that up, but I did I, look I up his... I can tell you. Okay, go ahead. He had a sixth, okay. a fifth, a fourth, and a third. That's pretty good. Getting better each year. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. So uh, I, I don't know about that lack of talent. 
The guy put together good runs. I mean, he had 28 top fives in 161 starts, 75 top tens. Obviously, you know, the one win. This young man, Mr. Drew Dollar, he also has one win. <laughs> you sound like a disappointed principal. I am disappointed. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Drew Dollar's win came out of Super Speedway, too, didn't it? I might have. He has one win in 37 Arca starts, but again, he has zero competition. He also has zero wins in Arca East, zero wins in Arca West, zero wins. Oh, that's also when they were the K&N series, by the way. Uh, Goose eggs. Zero wins in the Cars Tour. Now, (laughs) because that's all his statistics are that I can find. Uh, Now, you want to start shit with a team owner who is also a well-respected figure in the sport, whose father was also a very well-respected figure in the sport. The whole family was a well-respected entity in the sport. Yep. A guy who literally took his own advice even after racing against killers in that series, like Frank Kimmel, who was an 11, I think, what, 11-time champion? Something like that. He's it's a ridiculous it's 14. I don't yeah. even know. He's like Steve Kinzer levels. Um, Kyle Busch. Casey Mears, okay, I I admit, he made it to Cup. Bear with me. He did win multiple ARCA races in one season, though, against all these guys. Uh, Kirk Shelmerdine, who is now a NASCAR Hall of Famer. Paul Menard, yes, he did win in that series a few times. Ken Schrader. smile? Uh, maybe? Maybe, probably I bet not. you it would probably stop the rotation of the Earth if he did. That's probably, probably you know, why he doesn't. It's one of them butterfly effect things. Um, Bobby Gearhart. Ken Schrader, Ryan Newman, Blaze Alexander, uh, even Kerry Earnhardt won a bunch of races in a few different seasons. Um, I could keep going. I really could. Did you happen to see the the legendary comment that I sent you? Which to was? This whole, to this whole thread. There's a, a person named Skim Beeble. Oh, what's his? What's his? fan 69 Oh, on brilliant. Twitter. He 69. Goes, good, good thing your name isn't Drew Talent since that's not what you bring to the team. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's. Shots fired. Wow. That one won the internet for the day. You win our other quote of the week. Yes. But this kid raced against uh, Christian Eckes, Harrison Burton, uh, Ty Gibbs. And they're all children of privilege with far better records than you. (laughs) All racing thoroughbreds. Yes, they're all racing children who have held steering wheels since they were three years old. So, I would probably expect to see this kid run out of racing pretty soon (laughs) because he stinks. But then again... He's terrible. But then again, Joe Graff Jr. has Xfinity Series rides. So This is the same kid that (laughs) intentionally wrecked Thad Moffat, I think, last year. And then, th- then him and Thad went back and forth like week after week for a couple weeks. Do you remember that? Maybe, but like they're so low. Yeah, low bunch tier. Of nons. They're so low tier to me. I don't even pay attention to them, and I'm just a short track driver. <laughs> they're just utter hacks. Yeah, I would go with the Kobeism of nons again. I would. Yeah, they are nons. Nons. <laughs> just. I love it. I love it. The kid, you know, Billy said it on TV, and he probably would have told the kid to his face. 
But this kid waited two days and hops on Twitter to try to get, you know, a rise out of somebody or prove him his own thing. I don't even know. Have you seen how big Billy is and how seen big or seen how big? Holy shit, uh, Drew Dollar is. I'd say it from Twitter too if I was him. <laughs> yeah, Billy's a big boy. Billy he's, would fuck his day up. He is a born bred cornfed, you know, midwestern kid who absolutely will screw him up. <laughs> like I said, he raced against guys who back in the day, the Arca series, they were killers, you know? They could have made it in a different series, but they only had the money to race in Arca. Yeah, they could have definitely been cup drivers. It was back when Arca actually meant something. It was back when they had 30, 40 cars and full grandstands. Now they definitely don't. So I I don't know. It's a hard lesson for this kid to learn because he's going to learn awful quick to keep his damn mouth shut and just drive the race car because he's not good at either one at this point. So you win our other Darf comment of the week, Mr. Drew Dollar. You're now in detention. For you, bud. I'll see you at four. <laughs> yeah, you now have detention with uh, Daniel Dye. Don't punch anybody in the dick, please. Now, if he's going to bring shame on someone, then he can have his privilege checked and have a little shame brought down on him. Oh, God, I can't stand that thing. But it's too true. <laughs> anyway, all right. We got to move on here because I got to figure something else out. We got to stick with the funny, but I don't know if I have any left because I uh, you know there's some other stuff. going. We got some other stuff to explain. Let's go through this first. I got Stafford results. Friday, we can move through that and have separate discussions track to track. All right, let's do that. Okay, good. Something I did watch this weekend. Yes, I got to watch it on Flow Racing, thankfully. Yeah, I uh, wasn't there for Sid in the Speedball. I have to watch it on Sid's View like a civilian. Mm-hmm. Very good job, by the way. Hmm. Good job, Diet Zoom. Same great taste, less filling. Um, not for long. Le- I am getting Less weight. filling or less filming? <laughs> Both. Both, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cuts the red tape, and uh, he's not quite as fat. So there you go. I'm trying. He's trying to catch up. Good for you. Oh, yeah. I didn't mean that. I meant I was trying to lose weight. But yes, you are correct. I am catching up. Anyway, Stafford results. We'll go to Street Stocks first. Bobby Stark benefit from not only a good run, which he's had a lot of lately, especially uh, filling over into last year, uh, but but he also benefit from flat tires by leaders Nick Hovey and then Travis Hydar. Did he have a flat or did something break on that car? Right front went down on Travis. Oh, Jesus, you know? Yeah. It's a, kind of a curse, you know? Right rear went down on Nick Covey. Right you front know. went down on Travis Hydar. And that was sad because Nick was Nick and those guys and uh, the Hovey crew, they really did a good job preparing that car, making it straight, and making I'm, it fast right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Had I'm to, almost wondering if that right rear got cut down by the body or something, if it was just cut too close or I something i think there's some rogue stuff on the track myself yeah, because leaders, travis the first got a one flat to hit too. it when you're the first one to hit it it's like huh, that kind of happens something yeah, shakes off of some piece of exactly garbage in the back i didn't see exactly what happened to travis because i walked out of the room it was right off a restart flat. yeah travis got a flat in the right front yeah had to be something on the track yeah so that's uh yeah that's bobby stark's first victory yeah and, and i know that a lot of people probably mistake him for i believe his dad uh, because I believe there's a late model driver that was a relative, his father or uncle or somebody named Stirk. But I don't think it's Bobby. I think he's too young. So he made it. He yeah, he drove a really good race. Uh, I'll tell you what, because I mean, there was one time that he like halfway through the race or something, 
He tried to make it three wide there, and he wisely backed out of it. If he doesn't back out of it going three wide there and just throws it in there like a tool, he could get dinged for that wreck or impending wreck, and he goes to the back, he don't win the race. No. All right, and then another smart move he made was there was the the 11 car. He was definitely faster. Mm. You know, it's probably going to be the 11 and the 16 for the championship, depending on how many bad weeks if are going to happen. Both of them have. Both of them have. Um, Bobby you know, hasn't had one yet. I think he's finished second and well, first. Well, he's second and first. He's the points leader. But, yeah, uh, yeah the 11 was faster, got underneath Bobby. Mm-hmm. And what did, what did Bobby do? He didn't fight him that hard. He just kind of let him go and, and kept his tires nice and cool. Instead of burning the thing off, just trying to, yeah, I saw to fight off uh, the inevitable, live the fight another day. You I know? saw him kind of lift, lift and just tuck back in. So lift the line... to fight another day, and then the guys behind you won't catch you battling side by side. Yeah, sometimes you for just a second. Sometimes all you do is just slow each other down, and then the pack catches you. If you just let the guy go, knowing he's going to get by you, and take your lumps and just get back in behind him, you'll you won't lose any no. time. What I saw was uh, yeah, very cerebral driver that thinks of the thinks ahead a few a few turns ahead. Yeah. So yep. yeah, smart driving from Bobby Stark. Yeah, it was uh, definitely ahead of his years, so it was very well done. Uh, Let's see. I'll go on to, um, let's see, limited late models, I guess. I'll go in order. Oh, come on. You don't want to talk about the big wheel race? Why would I want to talk about that? It just (laughs) actually had a pretty damn good finish for kids' big wheel race. Yeah, because the kid freaking dumped the gas. I'm like, keep pedaling, screaming at my TV. (laughs) I'm like, no, you're not done yet. That other kid was hustling coming up. He was chugging. That race was not over till he crossed it. Almost lost that one, man. That's a lesson you're going to learn early. <laughs> got to lose one to win one. What can I say? Well, he didn't, so I guess he did win it. But He got it by a shoelace. Basically. Thanks, Matt Buckler. All right, so Rich Hammond was hooked up for the limited late model race, and he made a late, a late charge, too. Uh, to take the limited late model Dude, feature. That thing looked like it was on Afterburner. Dude, he was in third oh with God. like three to go. Yeah, and just. He made his pass for second with like three or two to go. He got by Jeremy Lavoie, and then he caught Matt Clement, and he took the lead when they took when they came under the white flag. And yeah. there was Good a, hard move, good yeah. hard racing. You know, the door was open. He just squeezed it in there just enough, you know. Yeah. yeah and they, good hard racing. Didn't see much of any, you know, dirty play or contact or anything. It was just hard racing, and he got that win. And I know he had a gr- another great uh, Rich Hammond quote. And they asked him, "Who, <laughs> who's this, who's your car look like? It's supposed to be a throwback scheme." And what the hell did he say? Something about Ricky Rudd, Rudd man, or something. Phil's on mute, so I can't hear oh. what he's saying. <laughs> Ricky Rudd, baby. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually uh, not a bad impersonation there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Uh, but that car looks pretty sharp as that. I remember that old uh, fluorescent orange number on the Ricky Rudd car. I always liked that. I couldn't remember great. if it was Ricky or if it was Ernie. Because I remember Ernie had fluorescent numbers too, but it was the 88, think, right? Yeah, and Ricky definitely had the, the 28. Yeah. It looked way better. Always loved Crudman. Cool. He was a tough bastard. Yeah. I um, liked him. That's yeah. So, the rooster. I think 
what Alexandra Fern got wrecked again this week by some for some reason. No, well, yeah, the week there? before, you know, the the Sizzler it, it could have been. Probably oh, I her remember fault. what happened now. The, but was, but what happened in this race? Yeah, what yeah, happened in this race was not probably her not fault. her fault. <laughs> Definitely not her fault. <laughs> no, not this the time. The eighty-seven, yeah, the eighty-seven car. Uh, remember, this is kind of a learning division. I mean, if you're if your crew's not out there on pit road in Stafford, it's a learning division. And that goes for the street stocks and the SK lights. Right. So it's, it's kind of, a, if you're going to have a learning division, there's going to be learning pains. And this is going to be a learning pain where both of them felt it. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. The 87, uh, tried to pass Was her. Polardi. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, Damien Polardi. Not used to is. being up front a lot, you know, and, uh, tried to pass her going into three. On the apron, where a fender car don't stick, uh, that's meant for the modified types. That they it's, stick on, stick on the bottom. I mean, if you're gonna pass the race cars, really the the real lesson to learn is you have to get the car hooked up quicker, make the make the car turn based on how it's handling, and uh, try to pass the car coming out of the corner, not going into the corner. And that's where the mistake made, and unfortunately. They both paid the price, especially Alexander Fern, who was uh, innocent in that one. Yeah, it's just I'm not really surprised by the move by Polardi because he just doesn't make very good moves. I'll be I'll be honest. I don't I don't like a lot of the stuff that he does on the racetrack because it's just kind of erratic and almost but, seemingly lost out there sometimes. Oh, it's a precedent. I think that's RJ Serdell's kid too. Is it? I believe so because it's RJ's car. That's. It's very if, reminiscent. If I remember correctly, that's actually an old Scott Garrity car from way back built by Jay Stewart. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Well, again, stemming back to last year, it's the same thing. So mm-hmm. it's like you, you really got to pick up sense quickly, and it's not helping right there. So um, not a great move, but it took out two cars that really didn't need to be taken out, and she was very unhappy. Luckily, yeah, she... She <laughs> held her tongue. I was actually surprised. Hmm. Well, it was, it was good. We, she's got sponsors. She's pretty and, smart, though. Yeah, so. sponsors been, yeah. that are heavily involved in the track as well. So it's like, ooh, boy. Yeah. Thinks about the big picture. So, yeah. No, it was tough. That was a tough wreck. But That is, yeah. Speaking of tough wrecks. <laughs> let's go through let's, all of them. Let's go through <laughs> the next segment of the next division. Right. It's the SK Light <laughs> division. All right. There we go. Oh, boy. Anybody who's listened to the show has heard us pine, uh, pine or uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, call for, uh, advocate, I guess. Insist. For, yeah, insist on <laughs> putting, Plead. putting spotters in these cars because of how much they cost. And, and, here, and here's that can of worms. And here we go. All right, so Tyler Chapman <laughs> benefit from missing the two or three giant wrecks in this race. And kept all the wheels on it to get the uh, to get by Tyler Berry very late in the SK Light feature. Tyler Berry had a great run, so it was two Tylers out there. Uh, very confusing. Yeah. Lots of attrition. Uh, Lots. Our buddy Field Filler, Al- Alexander Pearl, you know I said buddy there, um, got junked again. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. <laughs> was Poor under buddy. Yeah. He said he hates the word buddy or someone calling them uh, people buddy on the broadcast. You catch that? Yeah. So we call them our buddy. What's up, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> hey, buddy. He's going to hate us. I'm sorry, Even buddy. more than usual. <laughs> uh, he was, He's never going to come on the show again. No. 
Uh, he ended up underneath Derek Devis going into turn yeah. one. That was pretty uh, ugly. It's all piled in there, you know. Devis almost went over on his lid. There was other multiple car it's accidents. A wreck like that, just... I hate it when the car gets airborne, especially in a modified, because it reminds me of the wreck last year with John Pulio. And Oh, yeah, you, you hurt know, your back and, so easily. And I was worried cars. for the young man's back. I'm like, oh, God, not another, not another man with a a back injury you know yeah and he didn't get out right away either yeah. i think they were just making sure he was okay but you know? he rode the car all the way to the infield but yeah. he eventually did get out yeah that was the first thing i thought of was uh pulio's wreck yeah and i was just imagine the spine compressed i'm like oh god because these not that again i don't i like that either you know these cars are not meant to be airborne because they're as low to the ground as they can possibly be and if they leave the ground, and then come back down to the ground, there's no suspension travel. You hit solid. It's like your body goes up that high in the air and then lands solid. It's like sitting on your ass from five feet in the air. Especially when you have a flat tire or something. Yeah. It's going to hurt a lot. So it's not good for your back. I mean, our cars, I've been airborne in, and it just kind of soaks it up because I've got like eight inches of suspension travel. <laughs> I think it'll just... <laughs> right back to the ground. Thick sidewall tires. You know. Yeah, it takes a lot of the blow, but when you're in something like that, it's not going to happen. It, no. It's not going to be good. Yeah, that's that's worrisome. It doesn't look spectacular on TV. Some, some of the times it doesn't. You know, It did look a little bit, but uh, it, it's actually a lot more worrisome than people realize. Yeah, it really is. So Joe, they all got smashed. There were multiple, multiple car there was incidents. The, there was another big one with uh, Renee Charland and the 29, I think. Of yeah, Matthews Chrome. and Charland came together because you know, Charland threw him into the freaking And apron. that's the wreck where it's like, that could have been avoided if there was a spot. Oh, yeah. That's really one because I'm a, I am I can emphasize with a driver as you guys can because you all raced without spotters. Still do. You know, anybody who who doesn't race, who races with a, without a spotter, I mean. Yeah, anybody who races without a spotter can emphasize. Let me start that over. Empathize? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so uh, you could tell, I could tell that his field, where his field of vision was. I mean, you turn your head left, there's no one there. You look in the mirror, there's a blind spot there with a big old C-pillar. Yeah, you see your and, uh, and a rear, bunch of sheet metal. Rear tail panels in your spoiler. And you can always see directly well, yeah, behind right. you and directly left of you, and you can't see the 29 there. And the 29 yeah. is there, and there's people behind him. And everybody's in the grass, and then they're you know they're three wide, and the, the room just runs out because no one knows what. All someone had to do was just say inside, inside, yeah. inside, and then that wreck doesn't happen. You really can't even say see that great behind you either in those cars because of the no. rake of the deck. No, you can't. Yeah, it's like that's, three quarters of your mirror is dead. You can and see then you a got roof, a little bit of a clear, clear Lexan something where you yeah. see a blob. My, yeah. my car is built very similar the way the decking is done in it, and, and I can't see a car behind me that's on my bumper. I have right. to rely solely on the spotter to know if he's looking inside, outside. I can't see it at all. And, yeah. And yeah, so it, it definitely, a lot, of, and with parts being short and supply chains being short and tires being short, it just seems a little excessive uh, when you're balling up race cars that don't have to be. And, Here's one other. Here's one thing that really ticks me off is the fact that I have to preempt this. That saying that by the way, we love Stafford Speedway to their death. To their death. Yeah. So anything, you know, that's criticizing is it's not really critical. It's because we love you and we love your competitors, and we just want it to be 
better. We want to see more cars it, there instead you know, of seeing it, it's cars. It's not malicious. It's not anything, and I hate having to preempt it with even making that kind of statement because it should be known by now. We we I, love all raceways. Somebody... If I could hug a racetrack, I, if I could figure out how to do it, I would do it. <laughs> Just lay down in the infield with your arms out. That'd be fun. You know? I had somebody argue with me this weekend, Brent, and this was after our discussion uh, about spotters in the super. Oh, what happened? Hang on. Go away with Microsoft OneDrive. What happened? Hang on, Phil. Hang on. We're missing something here. I don't know what no, going on. No, something happened with them. Well, how come I can't hear Phil? What the hell's going on here? I don't know. The audio is all Oh, he's up. back. Okay, sorry about that. Restart. The, the, restart your, uh, yeah, your thing. OneDrive decided super. to come in and while we were recording and restart mess everything your, uh, up. Restart your oh, super wonderful. modified. Thanks, no, Bill Gates, you piece of crap. Was, <laughs> douche. Brent, after we had our conversation the other day, because I didn't realize the, the 350 Supers didn't have spotters, someone actually argued with me on Twitter that super modifieds don't use spotters. Why should SK Lights use spotters? Because you can see out I'm, of a super modified. Uh, There's no body. It, that's not even my argument. How many 14-year-olds are driving super modifieds? None. Give me a fucking break with that. And the guy who finished third at Waterford. Some super modifieds do run super. Some divisions do run spotters. Isma doesn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah Oswego Isma doesn't, does. But, but the Oswego point remains does, yeah. to me, with a beginner division yeah. and open wheels, not having spotters just doesn't make sense to me. Well, it's I, it, it, it's the speed and the visibility. Well, think about how much those cars cost to fix too. They're exactly the same yeah, as SKs, yeah. but you're paying them a th- quarter, a f- sixth of what they get. It's like three hundred bucks as opposed to seventeen hundred. It's like you're, I mean, it's, you're not even making it worth their while. They're wrecking I, race I cars, think, and you got to fix it. It's speed. I and think if if you're gonna have no spotters, take the mirrors out. Because when the kids are driving these things, they're staring in the mirrors more. I've watched in-car videos. All you see is their eyes looking at the spot mirror constantly. Get rid of the spot mirror. Get rid of the rear view mirror. If you're going to have no spotter, get rid of it all. This is not what Star Speedway just did with their late models because they're sick of how they're driving. They did that with the street stocks. I know Seekonk ran without them for years. Dirt doesn't run with spot. Well, I say they don't run with spotters, but they have sticks. Yeah, but... but... I just really don't like the whole idea of we think you would race better without them because, or we're going to punish you and take them away so that you are more cautious on the racetrack. What you're doing is you're putting, like I said, with Star Speedway, with what they're doing, they took mirrors and spotters away from them. And it's like, okay, well, um, now you're just going to make guys drive across each other's nose because now they don't know they're there. And you're just going to It's cause, a chop fest. It's just going to be accidents anyway. People aren't yeah. going to pass. Yeah, I mean, it's a chop. Yeah, that's all they do it, is just chopping wood all night long. You're either going to cause more wrecks an, and have less passing. Yeah. That's an asphalt problem, though. That's yeah. a and lack you can't, of respect. And you can't run on the outside ever. There will be no outside of, passing. The lack of visibility. You can't too. do it. You yeah, can't you, make an outside pass with no, with, with well, no you, spotters. You say lack of visibility, but look at these dirt late model guys all over the country. They don't have spotters. They just got a stick guy. A stick guy. Yeah, they have someone standing off in the corner with some neon sticks, telling them what the gap is behind them. But that's about all you know. You don't know where anybody is around you. You got no mirror, no spotter. Neon sticks. Never seen that. You never seen that? No. I've never, never seen, seen that. that either. That's actually kind of interesting. It makes me mm-hmm. want to investigate further. It's almost like an air traffic controller for the race car drivers. <laughs> How do you know which stick is yours if they're all neon? 
Dude, I have no idea. I always look <laughs> the same damn thing. No? Probably just like, no. I'm, I'm 30 feet off this pole in turn one. Give me a freaking break. Yeah, right. No, they're guessing. That's what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, with at least with dirt cars, the two distinct lanes that you usually run when a racetrack gets run in is the apron and the cushion. And the top, yep. So they at least have a little bit of room. On asphalt, most of the time, it's the bottom, and that's it. Most of the time. I'd say 90% of the time. I know Adam Gate is going to chime in and tell us what the stick guy's actual name and purpose is. I'm sure he will. Well, I hope he does. We, like, I'd like to know. Somebody we send that in. We should have Adam on the show. Eventually, we need to, yes. Well, hockey's over for us, so now we can probably go and have him on. Yeah, goodbye, sports ball. Oh, Let's go. Is his is his hockey over yet? <laughs> yeah, his did, too. Yeah, they went They too. died? Yeah. They were up 3-1 and died. At least the Bruins were ticky-tack. Cindy <laughs> Crosby still playing for that team? I guess. He had a head injury, a upper body injury. He had head a head injury. injury at birth. It's true. Poor guy. Anyway. <laughs> Excessive uh, tear flow, ducks. <laughs> so what were we talking about again? Spotters, Stick guys. Stick guys. Spotters. Oh, yeah. Stafford. I just don't understand why you, you make you need some, to. Just because, you need it. Just because the engines cost less doesn't mean the car costs less to fix. It's late just, models have them, and they're slower. Yeah, late models have them, and they beat the crap out of each other. But they can because they have fenders. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But they also don't really, I don't know, they don't wreck each other on accident most of the time. You know what I mean? No. Like, you see a lot of times an SK light will go somewhere or something, and it, it'll be, there'll be a wreck ahead, and they just run into it or something. It's like, no, they should have known about that. Or they're just not listening to the uh, scanner or something. I don't know. But still, I'm not, I'll die on that hill. I think that they should have them. Again, a $600 set of radios is a lot cheaper than a clip. When most of them already have the radios from racing at Thompson and Waterford. Yeah. Yeah, because I've noticed that the races are a lot Here's less Here's what you hectic. do, folks. If they're going to check that stuff and tech it, you know what? Put your cell phone in it. Put your earplugs in it. And make sure those earplugs are soundproof. And then have somebody else call you on the other side with the earphones. And just have a one-way communication talk through. What are they gonna do? They can't check cell towers. You know what are they gonna do? Check your. What are they gonna do? Tech your phone bill. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it honestly, yeah. wouldn't surprise me if that already now. goes on with a lot of them. I if yeah, if I yeah, Phil, I know you. You know audio stuff. You could figure out a way how to make that work with certain connections oh, God, yeah. and, and really settings. Easy. I'm sure it would be. We could go through all different types of methods of cheating the radio thing because we've all seen them so <laughs> late models have that have the spotters and they actually put on a good show this time well you could tell that they got a talking to at the driver's meeting because <laughs> <laughs> they, they were, were the, well behaved they were incredibly well behaved and they were probably the most boring show of the night when they were usually the ones putting on the most exciting show of the night because they you're gonna have that this time of year until the handicap really kicks in yeah you know Three, another race or so. Kevin Gambacorda got the lead early and absolutely just ran away in a largely uneventful eight model feature. That Again, car is nasty fast. Oh yeah, yeah, board yeah. bite. Yeah, that thing is. He's super quick. I see Tommy Fern is struggling a little bit, not as bad. He got third. Think. Yeah, he still got third though. He um, did very well. He did a lot better than a lot better than, than the, the opener than the opener. Yeah, a little better than the opener. It's so. definitely tight. It it, 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 he had all the air in his tires. <laughs> in the right front, at least. Yeah, because he had he didn't have all the air at the opener. Oh, yeah, that's right. Whoops. Yeah. 
but it was a big departure from what we've been seeing out of the late models. That usually they're street stock level crash and bang fest, and you know, stick it in where it doesn't. Be- oh wait, we don't say that. Um, <laughs> po- uh, no wait, we won't say that either. Uh, drive where you're not supposed to. How's that? So um, yeah, they Hope usually pray. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, penetrate the bottom. Yeah, that's it. Oh, wait, we can't say that either. <laughs> okay, we're going to do all those football jokes. All right, let's... Stuck it in deep? Yeah. Yeah, this is a football joke. This is an Abbott and Costello sketch now. All right, um, again, I think that they got a decent talking to in the driver's meeting, especially after last race because they were uh, intentionally wrecking cars, and we all know it. Anyway, we should move on to SK's... This was a decent race. It was a decent yeah, this battle. Is a good race. Decent battle for the lead the whole time. Uh, David Aru fought on the outside to get the lead early on and held off all comers, including a charging Brian Narducci. Uh, he was very fast. And actually, you know what? I think we did see a little bit of maturity out of Narducci there, too. So we got to say, all right, this was... You know, I'll tell you what, big, that's big two fan weeks of the change I've seen in him. Yeah, that's yes. two weeks in a row. We've seen a little big, bit of maturity. Yeah, out number of, one, kudos on David Arute for winning right. uh, his first real weekly show or whatever. Wasn't it? No, he's he's won a couple since last year. He, he has. Did. OK, yeah. well, he finished like two wins last year. OK, well, yeah. good for him for yeah, because he, he, he struggled the, hard. Didn't he get the SK 13, the TC tribute race, and then he got the fall final? Yeah, okay, he did yeah, get, he the, get fall the fall final. final yeah. That's right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, number two. That's two second place finishes in a row for Narducci in a very deep SK field. If yep. he if he holds the course, and he had to come from the back too. Yeah, that was uh, relatively deep. And if he holds the course, wins are going to come. They'll come. They're going to be, and wins are plural, as in more than one. Obviously, maybe was... even more than two wins. If he if he if he stays the course. He sticks to the path. It's uh, you can already start putting him into the conversation for a championship contender. Also, um, I know the season ebbs and flows a lot, so that he's, he might not start at the back every week. So, but he he's did. already proven that even starting back there, he can make it all the way to the front yeah, and stay there. So that's a, a big statement. Second place finish and, really and is cleanly too. I didn't see him use the bumper more than just down the straightaway this time. Yeah, definitely and a lot a cleaner. Drastic change in his driving style. And I really, really appreciate that. And yeah, I think, I, I think I the SKs need more of that. I, I, Steven Kopsick seems to be the same way. He, he'll, he'll shove you down the straightaway. But he doesn't really get crazy about the bumps in the corners. Uh, some of these newer, younger kids coming into the division, I really, really appreciate what they do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's refreshing to see respectful and hard racing because it's more exciting you, to see it. It's because it's more of a display of talent than just who can use the bumper better. And you that's can't what I win a race more. ripping the wheels off the car. You know, I agree. You can't. So, I'll tell you the elephant that's not in the room right now is uh, Keith Rocco. Yeah, disappointment so far is Keith Rocco. uh, He's had two tough weeks, which is very uncharacteristic. Makes you kind of feel funny. It's weird. It's really weird because I was watching the race and watching him go backwards. I mean, he fell out of the top 15. You know, I I don't know what's going on. I'm not quite sure what's up there. I know that it's a deep, deep modified field, but, you know, this is Keith Rocco. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't expect him to stay there very long. No, there's got to be something no. drastically wrong that they'll figure out. Yeah. You know. It's probably a brand new car and they're just fighting some new car demons at this point. Cuz remember he's not with Refrano anymore. Right, he's running his own stuff again, but Yep. Um I'm certain he'll get it figured out. Actually, no, I believe he's with Mark and Mike Payne again. It is the 57 car. Yeah, maybe yeah. That uh, would make sense. But yeah, if it's an if that's a new car, go get the old one, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure he's got a couple in the in the fleet sitting there. But don't, don't rent out the old one because you need that thing. Yeah, Thompson and Waterford, maybe. Yeah, but anyway, uh, I'm sure he'll get it figured out at some point. But it's tough to start the season like this. But at least that third race, if you do get it figured out, you're gonna be starting on the pin, and maybe you'll run away with it. So <laughs> it'll be a nice, easy one for you. Um. Anyway, that was Stafford for this week. Did I miss anything? I hope I didn't. Nope. I don't think so. All right. I think that's about it. Yeah. I was scrolling through, and I definitely want to go to Seekonk very soon. But I was scrolling through and saw some Seekonk results. They only got like three out of four races in on Saturday before the rains came. They were in the middle of the Pro Stock race. I think Tom Scully Jr. was leading when the rain came. But I guess they didn't make it to halfway, so they probably got to finish that one out. Anyway, uh, sportsman feature. I saw a bunch of old guys winning. I don't want to say old guys. I'll, maybe I'll offend them. <laughs> I saw Ed the pa- old guard. The old guard. Yeah, we'll say that because he could be a veteran, uh, not yeah. technically old. Um, so I saw Ed Perry won the sportsman race. Uh, I didn't get any info on any of these finishes. I'm sorry, but you know, I'm I'm doing my best here. Uh, I also saw in the late models Jerry Gospare won. Yep. He's chasing his eighth championship. In the trucks, Barry Shaw won with Radical Rick Martin right behind him. So there's old guys right there. <laughs> and again, Tom Scully Jr. was leading the pro stock race when the rain came. So it's nice to see old guys win. Sorry, old guys. I didn't even I'm realize you guys up. are going to have an issue with rain this weekend up there. Oh, we got freaking rain everywhere. And I don't know. Anytime it races, then it rains. I think the other time. It's not raining, and it's really dry, and we get forest it's fires. It's sunny and beautiful, yeah. <laughs> I was literally driving down the highway today, and I saw fire trucks on the side of the road putting out the roadside because somebody threw a cigarette butt out, and it caught the whole hill on fire. <laughs> it's that dry here. It's like, what the hell's going on? They should have just let it burn the entire state down. So I was at the Speed Bowl filming for Vault Productions, Sid's View, whatever you want to call it, this, this time of the year. Uh, we were filming the SMAC, the Small Block Super Modified race. I know those initials don't add up to Small Block Super Modified, just Super Modified uh, Association Conference. I forget. Damn it. I don't remember what it is. It's Athletic Conference. Yes. <laughs> Smack. Super Modified Athletic Conference. Got it. Uh, I think it's Atlantic. I don't know. Um, but we were filming that race and I was down in the pit area and I was discussing it or I was discussing things like being a mayor, just like shaking hands and kissing babies. Yeah. Just like old shaking time. babies and kissing hands. Yeah. Half the time. Um, but I was talking with a bunch of people and we were all discuss like, uh, I think I was talking to Ray Christian cause he didn't break anything. And, oh, uh, I was talking to Doug, <laughs> talking to Doug Curry and I was making my way around the pits and Ray brought up a good point. He says, Hey, with these new rules for the sportsmen down here at Waterford, why bother running one instead of running an ACT car? It's a good point. <laughs> it kind of is. I mean, 
I'm I'm thinking about it, and it's like we're going down the list, and he's like, "You run an eight inch wheel," and I'm like, "They do now, yes. You run a floater nine inch. You can run them in these." I'm like, "Also true." He's like, "You can run composite bodies. We run them on here." Okay, yes, that's also true. He's like, "You run a six hundred two crate." Okay, that's it yeah, it's the same the as what we got. <laughs> he says, "By the way, the shock rule, the ACT shocks are in the price range of that shock rule." And I'm like, you are correct, sir. Because last I checked, they were like 175 bucks, And the shock rule at Waterford for the street stocks is $200 or under, which is way too much for a shock rule. And Waterford actually has a decent tire rule now for the ACT cars, doesn't it? I think they run the ACT rubber. It's just no, a, I mean, as far as purchase limits right now. I don't remember what the purchase limits is. I didn't really pay attention to that. Um, but I know that they run the ACT Hoosier tire, I believe. And I was talking to them about that as well. And they're like, yeah, I get two races out of it and throw them away. And I'm like, oh, so they're like regular Hoosiers then. Perfect. Um. <laughs> Just like what I run. Well, hell, the tires I run on, I only get one race out of them. Sorry, I don't like Hoosier tires. I've said it on the show plenty of times. I don't like them. Everybody I've talked to, even the late model guys who used to run American Racer tires back when they ran the tire for the ACT, they said, yeah, these old tires were way better. They lasted longer. If they go to the the American Racer 855 for any reason, run. Terrible tire. <laughs> well, I don't think they run them anywhere even close to here. So, it, I they, think that's the tire they used to run. I loved those tires when we ran on them. I used to love those tires. I, I love the American Racers on the street stocks, the 705 and 706. Yeah, they were great tires. They really were. I just didn't, I don't like the one that we're running on, and I think that's the same one ACT used to run from what Brian Tagg was telling me. So it's like, that's that's a that's a really good point. Why, with the rules the way they are right now in the street stocks, why even bother running it? I don't think there's a point to it. All the rules that are in place right now are what people got denied for, you know, 15 years ago and said, go race a late model if you want these rules. <laughs> now well, not even 15 years ago. 10 like years ago. Five or six. Yeah, maybe less than 10. Yeah, geez, at this point. So for the price of a Waterford street stock, you can buy an act late model and run it almost anywhere else. Yeah, you can run it anywhere you want. I want one just so I could go do, you know, traveling shows with it. Except Stafford. Womp womp. Yeah, but they're stubborn. And again, their stubbornness typically works out. Absolutely. We can't deny I, this. <laughs> I would like to just see, though, maybe three or four special ACT late model open events or something at Stafford. Oh, give them, I think those cars would put on a killer show there. Give them one to two. You know, just yeah. just wet people's beaks a little bit just to see what they would do. A couple $2,500 to win races. I would like to see it. Why not? You'd probably get a good crowd. 400 bucks to start, 2500 to win. Adam, Adam into the fall final or something make a big show i don't know yeah. i'm just throwing ideas at, i don't know i don't run the track <laughs> but anyway what is the difference you know i mean when we bought cars jess back in the heyday you know not that long ago let's be fair you could buy a race ready street stock for 6500 bucks yeah that was what 15 years ago 10 years ago 10 to 15 yeah and some idiot sold his for twelve thousand. Nah, that's not even the point, really. The point is now how many, you know, different rules and how many different things you got in the car that makes it worth that much. Every rule change costs money, even if it's to save them money. Right. You could probably buy a 
decent ACT car is a roller for under ten grand. Ten or under, you could buy a roller. No motor, no trans. Yeah. Yeah, you could buy it for less too. Um, I was telling these guys about it, and I'm like, you know, again, like I said, you could buy one for sixty five hundred bucks now. Twelve five to fourteen five for a street stock race ready. That's what I'm seeing on marketplace. That's what no. I'm seeing everywhere. I saw a Thunder Road car that's kind of like what I run. Fourteen five. No, thank you. No, fourteen five for a street stock. You must be kidding me. If it's brand new, brand new, all the parts, yes. Maybe but that's a maybe. Not a used car. No, but they're all used. That's the problem. Unless it's Bill McNeil's because he builds cars and then sells them. <laughs> car dealer. Yeah. There's a lot of guys like that I've noticed. Anyway. Yeah, I, I agree. Why bother even doing it? I mean, my car up at Thompson and Stafford is still kind of on the on the old train, which is really kind of the way we should have been going all along. They made one concession with all the other tracks changing rules, and that was to add the Ford 9-inch rear, but theirs is not a floating rear. Theirs is a bolt-in axle rear. So you've got a much more durable uh, rear end housing and more durable axles, but it is higher rotating weight. So in the long run, it'll probably last a lot longer than the GM rear, be a little more tough. But you're not a performance advantage. But it's not a performance advantage because it's so much more heavy. You know what I mean? It's more durable. It's just more heavy. So, yeah, it's not a performance advantage. It's just something that makes your life a little bit easier to try to find parts for. Because I could find parts for a Ford 9-inch any day. I can't find parts very easily for a GM 7.5. That's really hard. And I don't like racing with C-clip axles like that. Ooh, that's... I, I wish all the tracks would just adapt Stafford Street Stock rules. I think it's the best rules package right now. Yeah, I'm not I'm not against it. I just don't like the tires, that's all. I don't like the yeah. 700 Hoosiers. They're not good at Thompson. They're way too fast. You can um, run whatever tire at whatever track, though. The The car itself is, is generally, I think, the best option there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's simplistic. It's got stock everything, stock body shocks. Because realistically, the Stafford, I mean, the Thompson and the Waterford cars now are limited late models. They are. Street stocks. They are. They're eight inch tires, composite bodies, floating nine inch rear, 602 crate. You um, could probably put a wedge body on them and run with the NHS TRA limited late late models. Oh, late model sportsman? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Or whatever the heck they call them. I think they're late model sportsman. I'm not sure. Yeah. Because those, you got to still run a box on those. You still got to run a 10 inch clutch on those or 10 and a half inch clutch on those. Right. So it's really probably not terribly far off. I mean, thinking laterally about it, these new rules at Waterford and Thompson and stuff, um, they're, they do kind of bring the cars a little bit closer to, say, like a Seekonk or NHSTRA. But in the grand scheme of things, it, they are more late model than what these cars used to be as late models 15 it years just ago. makes the entry into the sport more expensive yeah that's really what it's doing it's and it's that is going to stunt the growth of the sport from the bottom it's adding a significant upfront parts cost yep. and that's kind of tough to overcome because the hardest part of racing is getting into it you know i and- should be able to put a turnkey brand new street stock on the track for 15 well grand. yeah really what it does all is of the best parts yeah it, it balkanizes it balkanizes your racing program if you have two divisions 
that are going to cost about the same to run, what's the point of having those two divisions? You're just splitting them in half, really. In 2013, I took a chassis and put it together to go race. And without the engine and stuff, it cost me about six. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know cars are harder to come by, but you got to understand. It's like these things, you can't keep adding different parts to them like a $200 shock rule. You know what I mean? Or a floating Ford 9-inch rear. You just added, you know, if somebody maxes that out, that's, you know, let's see, two, four, eight hundred $800 worth of shocks and a $3,000 rear end. Here's, and this is going <laughs> to piss off Jesse, but why don't we just give him a spec shock and be done with it? If it's supposed to be an entry-level be, level beginner's division... I think what you do is just lower that number. $200 is way too much. I mean, that's more than an ACT shock, and that's an adjustable... $130. That's max. an adjustable shock. Yeah, 130 or less, 125 120 whatever the hell the case is. I think mine were like 80 You want to make it really fun? <laughs> I mean, $50. Yeah, put a truck shock on it. <laughs> Whatever you can get from advance. Put the KYBs $50. on there. That's what it used to be. Guys used to run the KYB gas adjust. Monroe Sensor Oh, Sensor Tracks. Yeah, those two. Forgot about the Sensor Tracks. Those were garbage. I we, we Oh, the Sensor Tracks were terrible. That's why we ran the KYBs. At least the KYBs were linear. We tried them in the back of my car just for shits and giggles once. Oh, I bet the thing was all over the place. It was a floating cloud in the back, but it had drive for days. <laughs> it just bounced the it car. It got out the track. It was like this. I felt like it felt like a '70s Cadillac. Yeah, it, it just bounces all over the place. Cadillac. Absolutely, that's where the technology yeah. comes from. <laughs> but when you, yeah. when you go down to the into the corner, you can feel the asset and dig into the track. I guess it had its merits then. <laughs> that was about it. It was not fun to drive in a straight line. So anyway. We should move on to uh, Waterford since we're talking about their street stock rules and how much we dislike them. Now, I ran into, as I was there filming for the Smack Super Modifieds, um, we can talk about the drama that surrounded this race later, hint, hint, but I ran into Mitch from the Speed Bowl a few times, who is an avid listener of the show. Hello. Hi, Mitchell. Hi, Mitch. Um, Good job with the write-up, by the way, from the results. Here's the thing. Yes, sir. He complained that I don't pay enough attention to his press releases, which I do. I just don't write my notes very well. <laughs> I like his press um, releases. They tell a good story. I'm just going to read the entire <laughs> press release. So here's how the races from Saturday went on. <laughs> there weren't many. Sorry. There were supposed to be eight. I think they got four in. What all you right. should do is you should enter all the text into one of those auto readers from Microsoft and just hit play. Oh, or like TikTok or something with that really droll voice. Yeah. Oh God, no, please, no. <laughs> okay. Race teams from all over the Northeast descended on this shoreline oval for the first event. Is this plagiarism? <laughs> not if it has his consent. <laughs> I'm sure he won't mind. I'm not making any money on this or getting grades off it. All right. Uh, so anyway, fans were treated to the first of two visits for the 350 SMAC Super Modifieds. Unfortunately, the weather didn't cooperate. While drivers, fans, and track crews braved a brief shower, it was about an hour, it wasn't that bad, uh, fog rolled in, that kind of sucked, as the event went on. Uh, this ultimately led to the postponement of the event on lap 11 of the 25-lap mini-stock event. Before then, Tom Abley Jr. returned to Speedball Victory Lane for the first time in an SK light. 
Bert Ouellette returned to the Speed Bowl and the trucks after a few-year hiatus in winning form. And Zachary Martinez won the range-shortened Legends car race. I think they red-checkered it with five to go. I'm Batman. Who? Batman. Who is Batman? It's Batman Martinez. Oh, that, really? That's his nickname? Yeah. I'm sorry. I did not <laughs> catch that because I didn't know. <laughs> it's a Batman. All right. So, uh, And Scott Watts won the 350 Super Modified event. The 25-lap SK Light event was slowed by numerous cautions. I hope he enjoys this. <laughs> Forcing pole sitter Stephen Chapman to set the pace on several restarts. For a majority of the race, Tom Abley would settle down into second place, uh, but remain hot on Chapman's tail. During a restart with 13 laps to go, Abley would take his Marvin Racing number 07 by Chapman on the outside and never look back. Abley did need to survive five more restarts after taking the lead. Gee, that's a long night. Uh, including one red flag for an incident that would remove Johnny O'Sullivan and Christopher Hurt from the competition. How was it? Was it bad? Did you watch it? I didn't because I left right before this, and I'm glad I did because I got home before this race even ended. (laughs) So much for being a reporter in the field, Brent. That's why I said I would help Mitch out and read this for once. (laughs) All right, so uh, during the... Oh, wait, that was a restart. Okay, so five more restarts, and then these guys fell out. So he was able to succeed... And take the victory as Chapman would get passed by eventual runner-up Wayne Burroughs, who's also uh, one of the Abley cars, um, with five those, laps remaining. Those Abley cars look sharp this year. Oh, they look great. They look really good, especially with the white cage. The contrast, it outstanding. Yeah, they did a very nice job on those cars. It would be his first SK Light win after taking the reins of the Marvin Racing number 07 at the... At, uh, end of or towards the end of last year, twenty-five lap truck race. This was kind of interesting to watch. Uh, we got a Wednesday night graduate. Ed Ryan is in a truck this year, and he's pretty quick. Uh, he wasn't as quick in the feature for some reason. They must have missed the setup. But twenty-five lap uh, truck race. Rookie Ed Ryan Jr. got off to an early early lead with Todd Taylor in a solid second place. They were racing the hell out of each other. It was fun to watch early on. Um, Taylor would keep knocking on the door of Ed Ryan, and on lap 10, he would even get side-by-side with him. But Bert Ouellette was hungry and wanted to put the Cindy Burdick Motorsports Ford in victory lane. He made an aggressive three-wide move on the inside coming down the front straightaway with 14 laps to go, pulled away from the field, and he did. He smoked him. Uh, I I congratulated him on his way to uh, victory lane. He was hyped. It was nice to see Bert win. As he should be. It's good. Oh, Oh, yeah. Bert's always hyped. Oh, yeah fun to be around he made an aggressive three-wide move i said that uh caution was seven to go gave taylor a chance to take advantage of the moment but he couldn't put the exclamation point on an otherwise solid night ulette would win by a comfortable margin giving him his first speedball truck win since 2016 all right so i need to go and uh have a have an aside before we go into the legends race because in practice it got kind of interesting uh, I don't know who it was, but Brody Monahan was out there practicing, and somebody I'd never seen before was on track with him or right in front of him or whatever. Something happened, and Monahan ended up on his roof in turn one. Holy. Turned the car Jesus. over. Yeah, turned the car over. Landed on his wheels, I think. That's horrible. The other guy was wrecked pretty bad. Ooh. Brody was all right. So Good. Sean took the car. I don't know what they did, but they got the thing fixed and he went out for the feature or they got the other car or whatever happened. But he goes out for the feature and this kid runs from the back. And let's be honest, since they got the INEX sanctioning, 
there's more cars there. It's not quite oh, shocker. It's not quite to the numbers we were expecting yet, but it was the first race of the year. There was like 14 cars instead of what? 5? 5, that's way better. But a lot of them didn't take the green cuz they wrecked or broke in practice or something. Okay. Apologies if you can hear my cat yowling for whatever reason. I think he thinks he's a werewolf or something. Shut the hell up. There we go. But but Monahan ended up on his lid. And I give this kid a lot of props. Because if you get a young guy in the in the car and they get turned over, it's like, oh boy, it, game over for the night. Nope. He, he he's starts, a Monaghan, though. He, oh, of course he is. He starts last, and he mows through the field. He's like up to fourth, and then he gets turned around in turn one, and he, he like lost all Aww. his track position. <laughs> that sucked, because he could have had such a killer run. And I'm like, oh, oh that sucks. Well, it would have been a good, a good story. Shoe. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. he's come along a long way. It was nice to see. Um I figured well, I'd give it, that. It definitely doesn't help, hurt to have your father be Sean. I mean, like him or not, Sean is a hell of a driver. He's a. Have you ever heard him on the radio? He's a killer race coach. Yes, yes. I remember listening one night. I think he was, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Jordan Hadley. He was yeah. coaching Jordan Hadley in the late model. And I, actually, you and I were there, and we were standing right in front of him, just listening to him coach Jordan. I would kill to have Sean as my spotter on a regular basis just from hearing that. And I heard him uh, coach his niece Emma up at Thompson as well. And like just the little things that he would tell people like here's the best way to you know warm up your tires under caution because the track's really cold. You know this and that and it's just coaching and I'm like wow this is really good. I wish I had this kind of tutelage. You know? Experience and success. Like at real time would be really great but yep. again that was a great aside. Um but the Legends car race. All right. Reading from the press release, Zachary Martinez would find himself in the right place at the right time to take the Legends car victory. Defending champion Johnny O'Sullivan got off to an early lead, fending off attacks from both Martinez and Isaiah Newcomb. O'Sullivan would get shuffled to the S. I believe Newcomb also was running three different divisions that night. I think they had an SK Light and a Late Model as well. That's a hell of a long night. <laughs> Holy That's crap. Nuts. Is his dad not racing anymore? Paul was there. He was in a late model. Was he? Yeah. Um, anyway, O'Sullivan would get shuffled to the outside on lap 9, giving Newcomb what appeared to be a comfortable lead when a restart on lap 20 would prove pivotal for Martinez, who launched from the outside lane by Newcomb. A caution would fly, but also the rain would fall, putting a premature end to the 25-lap Legends car event. Yeah, they red-checkered it so they could just keep moving the show along. They didn't want to just finish that one out. It's like, ah, you're about, you know, five-sixths of the way there. Screw it. We're done. Now, the race I filmed, which is available for viewing on, uh, let's see here, YouTube.com slash Sid's View. I had to remember that. Jeez, what's wrong with me? All right. um, Scotty Watts won the 50-lap 350 SMAC Super Modified Race with a hard-charging Sparky MacGyver uh, reeling him in during the final run. By the way, he is a nominee for Name of the Year. Yeah, I was going to say. Read that name that again, Brent. Because his racing name. His name is literally Sparky MacGyver. Oh. <laughs> More terrible. He's, he's literally an action hero. This is my childhood, by the way. I spent so many nights watching this show. 
If uh, Richard I don't Dean Anderson, it it's MacGyver. It's freaking Richard Dean oh. Anderson. I never, I never got to watch that shit. You're killing my me. Dad, my dad always had the Red Sox on every freaking night when I was a kid. That's boring. No, you can't watch TV. Go in your room, play video games or something. Go to the game and get drunk. Go away. Dude, <laughs> I never Almost. got to watch any of the cool shows when I was a kid. MacGyver can make a bomb out of a out of a can of gasoline, an alarm clock, and a friggin' dildo. Okay. Sw- yeah. And and it was just anything. He didn't believe he in guns, but he could do anything with his hands. And and this guy Sparky MacGyver, I believe I'd looked at his Facebook page because you know what? I I really want a T-shirt from this guy if his <laughs> name too. is if his name was spelled how it was. You know, I'm like. Yeah, I want a Sparky MacGyver T-shirt, bro. But it's actually not spelled like that. It's, I it, guess it's it, it's M A C I V E R, yeah. not M A C G U Y V E R. Yeah, but so that's it doesn't a matter. Dis- it's Sparky MacGyver. That's a little disappointing. You're now <laughs> you're, you're you're now have a name change, and uh, it's not gonna show up on your social security card or, or anything like that. But yeah, now you're just MacGyver, bro. Pop quiz. What was the TV show MacGyver's first name? What was his first name? What was his first name on oh, the show? Oh, that was uh, 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 Angus. Hey, Angus there we go. MacGyver. There, we remembered something. Yeah, I can't believe I remembered. So <laughs> he was Cana- he was Canadian, also I think too. He was a a, a Flames fan. Have you ever seen <laughs> a Calgary Flames fan? Have you ever seen the saddest meme in history with a fat Richard Dean Anderson standing next to his car with his hood up? Well, it and it's not fixed. Well, the tire was flat too. And the tire was flat. I was like, this is the saddest shit ever. MacGyver would have fixed this with whatever he found in the trunk. Yeah. Bubble gum. <laughs> Rubber bands, duct tape, <laughs> floss, Astroglide. Doesn't kill. matter. Roadkill doesn't matter. Yeah, he'd, he'd fix it with whatever he found. Okay, so so if anyone knows Sparky <laughs> MacGyver, please tell him I'm looking for a Sparky MacGyver T-shirt. He's from New Hampshire. It's not hard to figure out who who I this want, guy is. I want I want a T-shirt. That'd be cool. Yes. So anyway, to finish out the uh, the notes here from uh, the Speed Bowl, the fog came that was sneaking into the facility drew the line on lap 11 of the mini-stock event, causing the night to be suspended. Our next event is the scheduled Speed Bowl Blast-Off, which Sid's View is going to be covering uh, on Saturday, May 21st, featuring a 71-lap SK Modified race, late models, SK lights, street stocks, trucks, legends cards, and an all-new 25-lap mini-stock race, as well as the remaining 14 laps from May 14th. The remaining dates will be rescheduled at a later date because they didn't get um, street stocks, slate models, or SKs in. The big four. Well, look at you. Two weeks in a row, Diet Zoom. <sighs> <laughs> at least it's getting warmer out, so I'm okay with that. So that's cool. What did you think of those 350 Supers? They were fast as hell. I loved them. They On were... an 8-inch tire with a 602, right? Yeah, like I think it looked like an 8-inch tire with it's a big-ass wing. A 602 crate. Or a 10-inch tire, anyway. I can't tell. It looked really small. Yeah. I was like, is that a 9-inch tire? tire. I I have no idea. (laughs) Well, I was was looking at that tire. It looks just like what I run. So I'm I'm actually really curious to know what tire they are running. Might be an 8-inch tire. Whatever it is, they're small. Then they look comically small, to be fair. They could have had, yeah, and they they have the wing that folds down. 
They could have had more cars, but they uh, did have wings that folded down. Just yeah. guys weren't really running Star them. Star was running their uh, their memorial races. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the special race in the same weekend. Yeah, that was not great. There was you a lot listen of to Black Flag podcast BFP for short to listen to all the drama about that. They yeah. had, they have a little bit more in depth on it. I can't remember. because small block super modifieds are a biweekly division at Star Speedway, and they had. This event, I'm thinking they had this event scheduled first because it's a big event. It was the right. Star Speedway Bobby Web- or Bob Weber Memorial Senior or Bob Weber Senior Memorial event. Jesus, I'll get that right. Um, and that created controversy between the two tracks, especially on social media, the teams, the fans, etc. It basically split the field, and like half of them went to Waterford for the tour race, half of them went to Star to do that, and it killed car counts at both places, and it killed the you know, enjoyability for the fans. Um, yeah, I don't plen- like that when that happens, there's, when there's conflict between tours that close in proximity. There's plenty two, of blame to go around, but, I mean... Two 10-minute phone calls could have resolved everything yeah, long I mean, before any of this happened. The track, I mean, the Speed Bowl offered them this date. The tour agreed to it and signed the paperwork. Both of them could have checked to see if there was another small block super modified date around. Yeah. Specifically Especially, one... That's a special event. Well, especially because it's a niche division. There's not a lot of them. There's what, 23 of them total? Yeah, I think Why someone have said tour? there's 23 total in existence. I mean, so, people, people question putting together a street stock tour, and there's a lot of those around. But this is even more niche. Yeah, and, and the argument that Star is three hours away, so it doesn't matter. No, that's a bullshit argument. It's not a great here, argument. Down we here, we drive three hours just to go to a track in our own state. So, I think it falls on Florida Smack, people. it falls on Marfio. Both of them could have looked at the schedules, talked to Star, knowing that that's a Star division bi-weekly on a regular basis, and come up with a solution long before this even became a problem. I but agree. There's a lot of blame. Everybody wants to just be me, 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 and not think about the consequences. When you make, I said it to you, I said it on Twitter, I said it again. When you make racers choose, the fans suffer. You can't do that. I agree. And I know that it's, again, you said they're, what, two or three hours away from each other? And, I mean, Star is in Epping. So Epping from, like, central Connecticut is, like, two and a quarter hours. It's really not that far away. Like, we want to go to the drags up in Epping, and they're probably two hours away. It's not that far. It's just like when the tour runs or something down on, on the island. It doesn't matter that it's down on the island. It's still really close. It's within reason for any of these teams in New England to go down and run on the island. They really got to put a bridge between Connecticut and Long Island. I would love to see that. I would actually go there because I don't like boats and I don't want to drive four hours around New York City. I've been on that ferry more times than I can count when my brother was living down there, and I can't stand those ferries. I again, I have a large boat phobia, so I don't want to do it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to go to Riverhead, though. Um, Riverhead's fantastic. I love that place. So yeah, that just stinks all the way around. I don't think there's anything we can really say about it. Again, go check out BFP. They'll, I mean, one of them races something like this. I'm pretty sure Bobby runs it, right? Bobby Timmons. Yeah, he has. Well, I think he's got a big boy super modified now, but he used to. He run ran right? the yeah. He ran the 350s. I think he was pretty decently successful in them too. I think he I won a few times. Yeah, I think he. I think he did. Yeah. So, all right, I'm going to move on to some national stuff just to get it the hell out of the way. We can close this thing up. Uh, I didn't watch the truck race, but I guess Zane Smith won. 
No, no. Yeah, apparently he stunk <laughs> up the show. Good for him because I like the kid. Yes, yeah. that was a good run for a smaller team, and uh, it, it wasn't that exciting of a race. It was his third win of the year, but you it know was that? a good show. It yeah. was typical Kansas for for the old. Was it? Wait, was it, his, was it his third or fourth win? I don't know. He's won a few this week. Fourth career win, maybe. Oh, okay, maybe third this year. I don't know. Yeah, I could tell why Freddie from uh from the what is it that podcast DBC the, yeah door bumper clear likes that track because it's boring. It doesn't have to do a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a midwestern. Spotter. It's literally midwestern Las Vegas. Yeah, um, with a little bit more bottom groove. Uh, I guess uh, the race was lacking action. Late race restart with like seven or eight to go, but Smith held on. Um, Ty Majeski finished second. That was his best career finish in the truck, so that's pretty cool to hear. Yeah, they're, they're figuring out, or he's figuring out what it takes now and starting to run better. I think you'll see him win a race before the end of the year. That would be nice. Uh, he's a hell of a shoe. Killer super late. He's in good driver. enough equipment to win, he that's won, for sure. He won the snowball last year. I mean, the guy's won big, big races, so he's a big-time racer. I mean, you got to give him a chance. He's young, too. And he has two iRacing accounts with 10K-plus iRating. He's the top two iRacers in all of iRacing. <laughs> it's one guy. <laughs> he's that good. Uh, anyway, so cup race. Kurt Busch marked his, well, the first win for 2311 racing after dominating the Kansas Cup Series race. Guy led the most laps. I honestly think that Kurt has probably won for the most teams. He's won for five different teams and four different manufacturers across his cup career. That's pretty impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> I don't care who you are. That's pretty impressive. Starting a new cup team called Kurt. <laughs> That's exactly what they did. They wanted somebody with the most experience. And who else would you call? I mean, the guy raced, God, he was the 2003 champion. You know, that was almost 20 years ago that he was a champion. He's still winning races. Yeah. I only I watched like the last won, 10 laps of that race. He's won races in 18 of the last 19 years or something. The guy's good for at least one a year just sneaking one out. Despite yeah. all of the bullshit he went through personally, too. Yeah, like he, he was still winning races in those years. I think the only year he didn't win, I think that was with the 78 car. Oh, with um, Furniture Row when they were Furniture kind of startup. Row, yeah, yeah. Because he raced for like he, Finch and Furniture Row and all these other guys and built those yeah, guys. Yeah, he won up. with Penske the year he went to Finch because he he ended up with Finch the end of that year. Yeah, because that whole debacle. I've never seen a NASCAR driver or somebody like that um, self destruct as badly as Kurt Busch and then resurrect his career. Yeah, you know he was he was running he was running in top equipment Penske. I mean, he was running Penske stuff. You know, that's probably a top tier team. The guy owns Indianapolis Motor Speedway, for God's sakes. Yeah, that's the top. Uh, <laughs> he owns an entire series. Ford manufacturer, anyway. Yeah. yeah, he owns IndyCar and he owns the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That's a pretty top team. And well, he, he won with Penske when they were Dodge, correct? Yeah, he did. I believe so. Um, and then what? He got a DUI, and like they dumped him, and he just completely self-destructed. And oh yeah, he went, he went off the to rail. Well, yeah, that's not his... Penske behavior. No, and his girlfriend was a spy or some shit. I mean, it was crazy <laughs> stuff coming out of that kid. Oh, like, what is going on here? No, she was a I, schizophrenic. I can't wait for his biography, she, it's gonna be wild. She was so schizophrenic with uh, some real weird dominant issues and isn't she dead now Did i don't she even know I, maybe she, she might have I don't she even was know. A, a arms dealer 
or something. <laughs> she was literally in the in the, she was literally in the military arm uh, industrial complex. So Kurt literally <laughs> he was dodged lucky a bullet to get out of there with his life. Yeah, like I said, so Kurt yeah, literally she probably did attack him. She's crazy, and she yeah. wanted to be a man. Literally this dodged a bullet there. Okay, so yes, again he wor- he ran for like back marker equipment. I mean, James Finch is a good dude, but I mean, at that time, that equipment just wasn't good. No. And then Furniture Row kind of came in, and they were in their fledgling uh, parts of their their organization before they became champions with Martin Truex, and he helped build that up. And eventually, he he, he had to rebuild his career from essentially nothing, and he did. And then he got into Stuart Haas stuff, and he won there. And now he's with a startup team with Michael Jordan. It's like. What a what a weird path we've gone that, down, you know? <laughs> that fire suit that he was wearing was something else. What's the, the hell was it? Elephant skin? What the hell was that? I don't thing? know. I thought it was some kind of cow or something. When he got <laughs> I totally missed it. I don't even know. All I saw was the black and white spots. I was like, what the hell is he? Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he got the lead from Kyle Larson late. Um, he had good long run speed in that car. God, that was a battle too. Yeah, um, he did crowd Larson up, but Larson says that he didn't put him in the wall. Larson just got to the gas too early when they were really close, and he says he kind of just ran it into the wall. See, I think, uh, yeah, I think there was a little. I don't think Kurt Busch intentionally tried to put him in that wall there. It was a little no, bit I of really like. Really, don't think he did. It looked like he tried to race him number one, and it looked like. He was a little late trying to, you know, do the slide job trademark hashtag copyright symbol. <laughs> trying to, it was a little late trying to do it, and he and he committed, and he just got out of it at the last second. Once the spotter kicked, as okay, he's coming back, he's coming back. Yeah, it's really hard and to make a move left at that point because your momentum can't allow you to. He's so already committed. Kyle Larson's already committed, and I believe it was just racing. And Carl Larson. Probably, you I know, even li- said it right over the radio. He's, right at the moment. he's very fair and a very fair race car driver. Kyle Larson, not stupid at all. Well, he left except him- for except for that, hmm. except for the Coliseum thing. Yeah, that he, wasn't, he wasn't great. But he wasn't very fair then. I mean, everybody's but, human. But uh, if he if he knows the situation, he's fair. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Kurt's, see Kurt Spotter him, so. or Cliff Daniels' his crew chief, one or the other, came over the radio and said, 45 put you in the wall there. And Kyle instantly keyed up and said, no, he didn't. Yeah, as he's driving, you know, peeling his car out of the wall. So he's like, no, he didn't. I ran it in the wall. Kurt left him one lane, and yeah, that was that's, it. <laughs> that's all Kurt's got to leave him. And that was it. But he had a little wiggle yeah. room there. But, I mean, just tough racing. It was just At tough. least he tried to race him. Yeah, he didn't just you know swing his right rear in there didn't and Joey pop him, in the, him. Yeah, he didn't just pop him in the wall. Carl Larson could still be farting out Kurt Busch, you know. Yeah, he's, and he's not. You know, he's ran, you know, he's not. He's not farting them out. The way to get by somebody he's there fine. is to run them incredibly I tight. Mean, if the top lane is the dominant lane, I mean, and that's William exactly Byron's still farting pieces of Joey Logano out of him. Yeah, probably. Good lord. Um, yeah, Kansas is kind of like a Midwest, uh, uh, Las Vegas, but it does have a little bit more grip on the bottom, so it does afford a little bit better racing. It is better to watch. Um, if anybody else, it's a little wider of a track too. I think the real highlight of the race was uh, Eric Jones's crew trying to get the wheel off of his car. I feel bad for the guy, but because he, he lost seven laps and they couldn't get the damn wheel off, and they had to resort to like cutting implements of destruction, like. They- I think they said what they actually to cut the wheel 
on pit road. They were going to pull it behind the wall and do it. But I think the guy, the pit guy they interviewed said that's what they ended up doing. Yeah, they cut, cut the, wheel the wheel off. off the hub. They cut the wheel off the hub because the hub nut was like cross-threaded on. Oh, you cro- they, they cross-threaded the nut. They shouldn't. Yeah, man. Yeah, they. That's uh, weird. I've never seen like a Formula One car or a sports car ever get cross-threaded. They happen at sports cars. They I, have I've happened. I've never seen that. I've it, seen it, it where. It happens, but I think it only happens when they rush. Yeah, I mean, and if you think of the the, the pace of a, a NASCAR pit stop compared to an IMSA pit stop, IMSA pit stops usually have a driver change involved, and it takes those it takes them forever to fuel those cars too. So there's no urgency to get, you know what I mean? Yeah, the guy so, who's changing the tire is carrying the tire. He sits down. He just takes the thing off and puts the you know tire what back about on. Formula One or IndyCar? There's one person per side. It's going to go fast either way, even if they take their time. Yeah. Honestly, you know the way to fu- to fix this? Make fueling slower. Make it so fueling takes longer to, to than to change the tires. Yeah, but the whole argument against the single lug nut was the element of the pit crew. People thought that it was going to take the crew out of the pit stop, and it just hasn't. It's exactly like how it used to be. I don't if now you the crew the, is probably more into it, especially with the penalties that are yeah. kind of stupid, but to be quite honest. Pit crews still matter. And if you make fueling take longer, then everybody's gonna be waiting on fuel and everybody's gonna wait the same amount of time. So pit stops kinda of won't matter anymore. I don't understand why they suspend a guy for having a loose lug nut fall off. You I saw don't what they did to Denny Hamlin's team. I don't understand why I don't understand why they suspend him. Why do you spend your top guy? Okay, you're going to take him out, and then you're going to put in a guy from like triple A ball in here, and he's just going <laughs> to compound the situation. And then you're going to, and then you're going to put your crew chief on a four race vacation. That's dumb. He they're didn't trying even to do it. If they're trying to make it like stick and ball sports where they got penalties or whatever, I I just don't get why you why you why you make the the play on the field worse with that kind of thing. It's not the head coach's fault of a football team if some dude on the offensive line grabs a guy's face mask or whatever. Suspend the coach. Sus- you don't suspend <laughs> a coach for it. No. You know, you give him a 5 or 15 yard penalty and that's the end of it. Yeah. I, okay. I just don't think you're going to see this problem go away unless they slow it down sometime somehow. Yeah, but again, I think they're just trying to go way too fast with the tools they have, and they're not designed for it. Again, right. I think that's necessary because I think that you've got to play the game of: do we want to take the risk of having something go wrong, or do we want to take our time, lose a couple tenths, but finish the race without an issue? Yeah, why don't they, instead of suspending suspending these guys and compounding the problem, why don't they just take points away or something, it, or take away track position or keeps, whatever, or it, you know? Yeah, it keeps the element of team and it keeps the elements of strategy and talent, and it it keeps the pit crew relevant, really. So I, I don't they're the most relevant they've I don't ever mind been. That. Yeah. I definitely don't mind that. We just got to not have wheels getting loose and not having these big issues. Train your guys to put them on better. That's all. Yeah. You got to tell them they can't fall off or cross thread. They I, have to I do know, it right. I know for a fact we were told that uh, they, they're having to cut wheels off of pit practice cars at H- SHR, too. <laughs> this, well, like this I said, that's why, it's, issue. that's why it's practice. You we know? didn't have wheels falling off when we had five lug nuts. No, but it's, no, but you had loose wheels and guys were pitting anyway. So <laughs> Here, here's the thing with the 18 inch wheel: people can bitch about an 18 inch inch wheel all day, but the 
win on Sunday, sell on Monday is the Cup Series. It's not the Truck Series or Xfinities. It's the Truck Series, uh, the Cup Series, and that's why they did this with these cars. All of the problems yeah, that are get going the 17 on. 17-inch wheel, I get it, but still. All of the problems that exist right now are self-imposed. Oh, absolutely. That's all it is. They're all hey, self-imposed. You could, even, you could even slow down the pit guns a little bit so they don't wrap it on as hard. Yeah, here's an you, idea. You probably need the torque though. Don't drop the jack until all the all the everybody raises their hand. That's what they do Done. in F one. Yeah. Everybody if 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 you if the jack if a guy in the jack sees two hands go up, I mean it's kinda of tough left and right, you know, you're kinda of, Well it's like Kurt Bush's crew guy look, jumping on quick. his windshield the that, other that's race. That's gotta be yeah. a call. <laughs> that's gotta be a call at that point for the crew chief to make because he's up above, he can see all the tire changers at once. But that doesn't t- say anything about how quickly they put the right side tires on. We don't know if the right side's correct. We're only worrying about the left side. Well, like I said, it keeps the element of the pit crew don't go relevant. To, don't go to the left side unless the right side's totally on. Yeah. yeah. It just it keeps them relevant. So that's that's why I don't think we should change anything. I don't, I don't really think we need to have... I, I agree that we need to have the pit crews be part of it. I don't think we need to have 12-second pit stops. Yeah, but you, you can wish in one hand shit in the other. I mean, so... <laughs> Even slowing it, like I said, if you slow down the pit guns just a little bit, it's still going to be who gets a wheel on first and gets out of the pits. But you're going to probably have less margin for error because yeah. you're the not jamming it on there. The competition demands quickness on pit road. That's Right, but away. I'm I'm saying... Yeah. If you slow the pit gun down and you lose a half a second total over the whole pit stop, mm-hmm. who's going to notice? But maybe these problems go away from it just being that little bit slower, even though you still got the competition, how fast you get them on and off matters, but you're limited by the speed of the pit gun. Yeah. Well, I think that's not good. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen either because you still want that perfect pit stop. I I, I just think that if if, if there's a, com- a more communicated more communication with the tire changers and the jackman. This is all it for all, the for the teams. It all makes sense. Like or, I said, or make happen. it so the the pit gun doesn't disengage from the lug nut somehow until it reaches a specific torque number. Or just leave it alone and make them work better. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Be better. Do better. Yeah, do better. Do better. Do better. <laughs> yeah, do better. Here here's the problem I have that, with that though. If we get one of these wheels and we saw it on pit road, we get one of these wheels that comes off and it bounces and it gets hit by a car and it takes someone out and sends them to the hospital or kills them. Well, that's car Is has that to... half extra second worth it. You know something? Yeah, no, playing, it's not I'm, worth it. No, I'm not playing that game because look, it, it's not worth it. And number two, number one, number two, NASCAR is not going to throw the yellow uh, for a loose wheel un- until everyone stops and and has completes their pit stop. We've seen that already happen because before. you're going to have loose wheels anyway. Somebody will have a gun malfunction, or somebody's going to have you know be impatient and just take off early. NASCAR is willing to NASCAR is willing to risk that situation to not inconvenience people on their own pit stops on their pit strategy. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I don't like it. I just I don't like that either. I don't, I don't see what the difference is between a 12-second and a 12-and-a-half-second pit stop. I don't either, else. really. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if you have a 12-and-a-half pit stop all day long and you make no mistakes, you're guaranteeing yourself success. 
I, I agree with you. Is if, if you if you guarantee, I'd rather have the guaranteed stop every single time rather than risk it. It can still be competitive. You can just slow it down a tick. Yeah. If yeah, they can work their own system. Absolutely. Whether yes, it's slowing down think, the gun or, or whatever. Yeah, I, or think, communication. I think the gun's probably overpowering things and, and causing you know, some of these issues you know, too. Maybe a, a smaller team that's looking to get in on get in and try to win and maybe risk that half second or whatever. But you also only see certain but, teams have these issues. Yeah. You know what we didn't mention? What did we not mention? The fact that Doug Kobe substituted for Jimmy Blewett in the uh what the hell's his name? Damn it. The Baldwin, Baldwin number seven car during the Riverhead oh, yeah, I missed NASCAR Whale and Modified Tour race, and he won. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that that was a popular win. You didn't even have to be there to know that was a popular one. I mean, who else would you call? You yeah, know? He's not running full-time. He's yeah. not running full-time. Hey, we need a sub. It's like, well, Tommy wasn't even going to run the car, but Jimmy's like, no, 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 call Doug. And they put Doug in the car, and he won. Yep, exactly. I, I hate the circumstances though for for Jimmy because I I don't know what's up with his daughter what what yeah that's she's uh, dealing with but I I hope I do hope she feels yeah, better soon good. and everything gets better because not having him in that car was I, as much as I like seeing Kobe in it it's disappointing because Jimmy's always fun to watch. Don't call him Showtime for nothing. So I hope everything's yep. going well. Yeah. On that front, um, I signed my first autograph. Uh, at the racetrack in a long time because somebody... Uh, no, 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 no. Shut that off. Okay, or don't. Um, Sammy Anderson was coming around with an with a helmet to have drivers sign it. Someone pointed me out and uh, had me sign it, and it was for a kid who races at Silver City who had cancer, and I thought that was really cool to do. So thanks for that the slow clap, cool. by the way. Sorry, Brent. I didn't mean to step on your moment. Well, you gave me a slow clap over something that was a genuinely nice thing to do. In my context, though, in my context, (laughs) I didn't know what you were gonna you're gonna mention cancer. Well, congrats on letting me finish. So, (laughs) mint (laughs) fail. Okay, that was actually pretty good. I am out of notes and out of patience to do this podcast anymore because my ass hurts in this chair. Anybody else have any final parting thoughts? No, I want to go to sleep. Me too. You can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast, YouTube.com slash Sid's View. You can send us some feedback via dm on our social media channels or you can send an email to making laps podcast at gmail.com or you could submit a voice message to anchor.fm slash making laps you can find me on instagram and twitter at brent gleason zero one again if you find me on facebook and try to friend me and i don't don't feel bad it's not personal if you yeah if you okay you can find phil at at PJX Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And let's see. Jesse doesn't want to be found. So anyway, boy, get off that board. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> what? Uh, how do we end the show? Keep the upside down, stay on fence. Thank you for listening. And his name is... John Cena! <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, thank you, boy. That was a good drop. You're getting better at this every day. All right. Thank you all for uh, watching and listening. I appreciate it.